0: Okay, today's daf is Samachet Babakama eight sixty-eight, 68, and we pick up on Samach Zion Medbet, four line, five lines from the bottom, um, and we are going back to the Mishnah that began the seventh parak. So the Mishnah says that if somebody steals from a ganav, the second ganav does not pay kefil because he did not the first ganav didn't own it, and similarly if he slaughters the animal, he doesn't pay four or five to the first ganav because the first ganav did not own it. Amarav, so it says Rav Lo The exemption of the second Ganav is only if this happened before Yeyush kano but if there was yeush, the first ganav now owns it. This is going back to the position that yeush kadi kone. Yeush alone is enough to transfer ownership. The ganav sheni meshamtesh make mekevav ganav rishon, and the second ganav would pay double to the ganav rishon. The ganav rishon becomes the owner. Okay, So we've seen this position before. of said Rav I mean, you can know Rav I said that Rav must have been dozing off when he said this uh, teaching. Tanya, because we saw it in the bray, said not that way. Why did the Torah say that when you slaughter um, or sell a sheep or a cow, you pay four or five? Because that puts further roots into the sin. You did sin number one by stealing it, and now by slaughtering it or selling it, you've deepened the sin. Now... Eimat, when do we consider it to be deepening the sin? if it was before yeyish, of some mi'ika, nishtarish, nishtarish. You didn't deepen the sin. I mean, the God of transfer, now handed it over to some second person, but it didn't get any further away from the owner. It's still, you know, uh, it's still out of the possession of the owner. The sin didn't uh, deepen in any way. It wasn't taken even more from the owner. It was just transferred to another person. It must be after Yehosh, that after Yehosh, um, then Yehosh alone, you don't own it, but now the God of, the Ghana sells it to somebody else, and now it trans, it goes away from being outside of the owner's control to actually leaving the owner's ownership by being a Yehosh and a Shin So you've even furthered and laid even, you know, struck even deeper roots to your sin. The Izakatayev Yayush Psukhani now Yayush alone was enough to transfer ownership to the first Kanev. Why would he be paying four or five? Then, when you got around to selling it after Yayush, you would be selling something that was already yours. Okay, and clearly you can't be Chayiv once it's already yours. Um, so, um, so okay, so therefore you see, he says, that it must be yeush is not kona. Since the obligation of moher is by making the sin go deeper, meaning so transferring ownership away through your mechira, it has to be mechira after yeush, and it has to be that at that stage you don't already own it. So that's why um, Yehosh is not enough to be Konet. Number one, it proves that. And number two, it shows that the, uh, the, the paying of the four and five for selling occurs only after yeush. So, Amri, no, you could respond back and say, a Rava, like Rava says, Rava says that Rebbe Akiva is not saying nishtarish, it goes deeper, you set roots, but you repeated the sin, okay? So you did it again, even though it didn't do it in any deeper way. So once you took it away from the owner, and here again, you're showing that you, um, you know, are taking property away from the owner by going ahead and selling it, and you're demonstrating the sense that you own it, and you can do with it what you want, you're disregarding the owner's ownership, but you did not deepen it in any way. You did not now remove it from the owner's ownership. You just essentially repeated your first act, took it out of the owner's control, and uh, demonstrated as if you own it. Okay, so therefore, you do not need ni'shtarish b'chit, and therefore, the obligation would be before yeyush. So according to this now, there's a debate There's a debate whether yeyush is konat. And linked to that debate is when are you obligated for mechira? If you say yeush is koneh, then you could only be obligated for mechira before yeush, or else you're selling your own object. That's the position of um, of Rav, and therefore, even though you did not make the sin go any deeper, you know, but you repeated your sin not only through sealing it but through selling it. The other opinion is Yeyush is not Koneh, and you're only obligated after Yeyush because then you've made the sin go deeper. You've taken it out away from the ownership of the original owner. Okay. Okay, Tashmas. Now we're going to try to bring other evidence uh, for and against this position. Utvacho omecharo. This is a that You slaughter it or you sell it. Matfich ha'shenu chozeres, hafmachir ha'shenu chozeres. The same way slaughtering you cannot restore to its original status, it has to be a sale that does not go back to its original status. Amos. Now, what are we talking about? If you sold it before yeyush, why does it not go back? You just give it back to the owner. Now somebody else is holding on to it. Now, not the god of Ruvain. But the purchaser shimon, but fine, give it back to the owner. How is it? Chozeres, similar to slaughtering. Um, it must be after yayos, and therefore it's not. Go, it's not. It doesn't go back. Why doesn't it not go back? Because now shimon legally owns it. So, Ruva, you know, the, the 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 person who was stolen from will get his money back but the thing is not restored to its original status under Reuven's, under the original owner's uh, control. The same way when you slaughter it, it does not go back to its original status. So, um, <clears throat> Now, if ye, you own it, Reuven, the God of owns it. So why is he paying four and five? He's selling something that's his own. So the idea of enochoseres. hoseres Suggest, it makes it sound like the sale has to be a permanent sale that could only be possible after yailish, and you could only be Chayev under that case with Yeush plus shinorishos, but you don't yet own it at the stage of yaush That shows that Yeush is not kone, and against the and again the obligation for mechira is after yailish. So the gemara says. Um, No, we can explain that exception of Eino like Rav Nachman. What does Rav Nachman explain that that means? Rav Nachman says that that does not mean that the object... Um does not return to the owner. It means it's telling you about the intention of how the mechira was framed. Something that is framed as a permanent sale, Ruben the Ghana sells it to Shimon the buyer and says, I'm selling this to you permanently, that's the type of mechira the Torah obligated you for. If Ruben says to Shimon, I'm selling you this for 30 days, since it's not framed as a permanent sale, you're not high at four and five. But it is true that even when you are chayiv, when you framed it as a permanent tzeyo, it would only be taking place before Yehush, according to Rav, because Rav says you're only obligated before Yehush. And therefore, it is true that it would go back to the person that was stolen from. But when we say it has to be Eino it means it has to be framed in an Eino type of a way. Okay, so fine. Maitre, we'll try again. Here's another Paita. Gnavo. So Reuven stole it, and then Shimon came and stole it from Reuven. So Reuven pays Kefel to the original owners, and Shimon only pays Karen to, you know, uh, let's assume Reuven, okay? But he does not pay the original owners because he did not steal it from the original owners, he stole it from Reuven, and he doesn't pay Reuven double because Reuven isn't really the owner. Okay, um, now, um, Nignov, um, now, Now, let's say the, you know, let's say Reuven stole it and he sold it to Shimon and then somebody came and stole it from Shimon. So, uh, let me say that again. Okay, let's do that again. So Reuven stole it and sold it to Shimon. And then came Levi and stole it from Shimon. Okay, I'm not sure I said that right the first way. So Reuven pays four and five. He stole it and he was stole it and sold it. Vasheni and Levi, who stole it from Shimon, Mishalim Tashlume Keifel. He will pay, um, I'm sorry, did I skip a line? I skipped a line, no, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I got it right. Okay, and Levi pays Kefel um, to Shimon, because he stole it from Shimon. Fine, and Shimon now owns it after Uven sold it to him. Now, Ruvein sold, it, stole it and slaughtered it. And now let's say, let's call him again Levi. Levi comes and steals it from 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 Ruvain. so Ruvain pays 4 and 5. kefel. Um, but Levi doesn't pay Ruvain kefel, he only pays Ruvain karen. And that's a little funny to understand, right? Because if Ruvain st- slaughtered it, Ruvain now owns it. So Levi if he steals it from Ruvain, should be paying Ruvain kefel. So we'll have to figure that out. So we'll get back to that. We teach, nevertheless, the middle. When the Gemara says mihas, it means we realize there's a problem with another part of this but we're going to hold off on that. Let's focus on the middle section of the but. Okay. What do we teach in the middle section? So, reuven stole it, sold it to Shimon, and then Levi came and stole it from Shimon. Harishu m'sham teshlim ever So Reuven pays four and five. He stole it and sold it. Vashani Levi stole it from Shimon. M'sham teshlimi kefil. He pays kefil to Shimon. Okay, Levi. Levi pays kefil to Shimon. So Amos. Now, when is he paying ke? Why is Levi paying kefil to Shimon? Shimon is the guy who bought it from Reuven. Ilay malifne If there was no yeyush, Sheni Yamar m'sham teshlimi So she sin which is vlo yesh miikal manam er d'kani. So why is Levi paying kafel to Shimon? Reuven sold it to Shimon without any Yeyush. Shimon doesn't own it. So if Levi steals it from Shimon, then he's not stealing it from somebody who owns it. Why is he paying Shimon Kefal? It's Shina just without yeush. Elop Pshita Lach It must be Reuven stole it. There was Yeyush, sold it to Shimon. Shimon now owns it. Levi steals from Shimon. Levi's going to pay Shimon kafel. So you see that there was yeush and Shina Rishos, but yeush isn't kona by itself. The isar kona because if yeush were kona by itself, um, why is Reuvein paying four and five? The day who, does oven, the, the day who does oven, he's selling something that's already his own. So if Levi is paying Kefo to Shimon, there must have been yeush and shini And you see, if there's yeush, yeush was not enough to make Ruvein own it because then Ruvein would be off the hook for selling it to Shimon. So that's proof number one that you do that Yeush is not Kona. Number two, the first case, Ganov, that Ruvain stole it. And and Levi came, we'll have Levi be the consistent second Ganov. Levi came and stole it from Ruvain. So, you know, ruvein uh, uh, Ruvain pays Kaifel, he was the Ghana. Levi, who stole it from Ruvain, only pays Karen because Ruvain doesn't yet own it. Now, we just said it in order to explain the sale case that we're dealing with Ye'ush and If there's Ye'ush, then if Ruvain stole it and there's Ye'ush, why isn't Levi, who steals from Ruvain, paying Ruvain Keisho? Why is Maybe not pay, only paying karen to ruving. You see that Yehush is not Koni. rav, it's difficult to rav. Okay, so in short, the case is that the only way the middle case makes sense, where somebody who steals from the purchaser is gonna pay him kefel, is if there's Yehush Shin Rishus, And if there's Yehush Shin Rishus, and you're still the first gan of Zchayev for selling it, you see that Yehush is not Kona. Okay, so that seems to be a good question. Amar Rava, says Rava, does that make sense? Hamita, do you think now the bryta makes sense according to the way you're reading it? Eladiktani, save the last part of the bryta clearly doesn't make sense. That was the part you were trying to bracket. But he says, you can't bracket it, you have to have a consistent explanation of the whole bryta. Let's look at the last section of the bryta. So, you know, Reuven came and slaughtered it, and then came Levi and stole it from Reuven. So Ruven pays four and five. Vasheni and Levi, who stole it from Reuven after it's been slaughtered, only pays Karen. Now, why is that? Why is Levi not paying Kefal to Reuven? If Reuven slaughtered it, it's a shinui maisa. Reuven totally owns now the dead carcass. And now Levi should be paying Kefal to Ruven. So there's something not making sense with this break, though. we got to figure out the end before you can start asking questions. Here's, the, here's what you have to understand about the Breitah. It's all before Yehosh. And how do you deal with the problem about the end? Why isn't Reuven Kona it with after slaughtering it? The It must be there's an error in the Breitah. And which case you pay Keifel and which case you don't must be got flipped. Okay? And here's how it has to read. Here's how you have to read it. In the case where it was sold to another party and then somebody stole it, Levi stole it from Shimon. We're talking before Yesh, so that's a case where you're only paying Karen, no Kefel. Shimon doesn't own it yet. Okay? It's not Kona. So what we thought the end case of slaughtering was you only pay Karen and not Kefel. No, 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 no. That's the middle case. The selling case is when you only pick Karen and not Kefel because there was no Yeyush and therefore Shimon doesn't own it. Okay. Gun of the Tava who bacher Now, if however Reuvein slaughtered it and then it was stolen, Harishamesham Masham yaver chamisha. Reuvein pays four and five. V'ashenimesham teshlum and kefel. And the guy who stole it after it's been slaughtered pays double. With the kanye b'shuniy masa. You're cutting with a shuniy masa, which is not a terrible read of the of The last case why you why you're not paying kefel after slaughtering is a real kasha. So a not bad explanation is that the psakim got mixed up between the second and third case. So the third case where you slaughtered it, you own it, and the guy who steals it pays kafel. And the second case, it was sold, but it was before yayush, so the guy who steals it does not pay kafel because the second guy, the guy who bought it, does not own it. Okay, so there, there you go. So, so, that neutralizes that brayter. Rav Papa says no. I would rather I'm going to try to explain this brayter without reversing the order. Seifa beit shamahi da Amarshinim bin koma omed, and the last thing, you were so bothered, oh, you slaughtered it, why don't you own it? That's big Shammai. Big Shammai says, even with a Shino, you don't own it. So yes, the last case is you slaughtered it, he still doesn't own it. The guy who stole it from Reuven, after Reuven slaughtered it, only pays Reuven karen, not Kefem. And now we're back to the middle case, though, that after having sold it, the other guy does own it. And that would seem to indicate Yehush plus Shino, not Yeush alone. Okay, let's take a look. So now do we talk? I have a contradiction to Rav because it sounds like we're talking about Yeyush and Shinurushos and that's why the second guy owns it. And according to Rav, if there's Yeyush, then the first guy should have already owned it and not be hired for selling it. Okay, so he says, look, there is Yeyush but when did the yeush come? In the hands of the Ganav, there was no yeush, And that's why when you stole it from the Ganav, the Ganav didn't own it. You don't pay the Ganav kephel. And that's why when the Ganav sto- sold it to, to Shimon, the Ganav is Chayev because he, uh, what do you call it? Because um, because he was sell- selling something that he didn't yet own. Ah, how does Shimon own it? So that therefore Levi now has to pay Shimon kephel. Now, after it got into Shimon's possession, now there's Yeyush. And that's why Shimon owns it. And that's why Levi pays Shimon kephel. So the case is all of the stuff in the hands of the ganav was without Yeush. And that's why you don't pay the ganav kephel. And that's why the ganav is chayav for selling it, because it's not yet his. And the reason you pay kephel when you steal it from the purchaser is because the Yeush happened after the guy purchased it. And this is according to Rav, that says, Yehosh alone is Kona. Okay? <laughs> they had Yehosh once it was in the hand of the purchaser. But not in the hands of the Ganev. If you have that, meaning in the hands of the purchaser, it's Yehosh and Now, the reality is, is that the, the that if you wanted to get a case where the second ganav pays kepho, why did you have to have the second of paying kepho when there was yayush in the hands of the of the purchaser, right? There's yayush and it's switched possession. Why not just have the yayush having taken place in the hands of the ganav? And then the second ganav would pay kepho to the first ganav. So he says, you're right. Yayush by itself is really enough. And if we wanted to get the second ganav paying kepho, we could have had it while it was still in the hands of the first ganav. Ella, kani alone, the ganav would have owned it. Ella, so why did the bride to have the scenario where the second guy paid K fell only after it was in hand in the hands of the purchaser, and that yeish only occurred in the hands of the purchaser? You can't get both a four and a five plus a K fell except in that scenario. Okay, if you had the yeish in the hands of the ganav then the second ganav who stole from him would pay keifel, but the first ganav would never pay four or five because he already owned it after Yehosh. So if you want to get a scenario where the first ganav pays four or five and the second ganav pays double, you have the first ganav, you know, sold it before Yehosh. So he's chi of four and five. He doesn't own it yet. And then, the, then there was Yehosh, and then the second Ghana stole it from the purchaser, and the second Ghana is paying Kephev. So that's why we gave that scenario, but really Yehosh enough is Kona. Okay, so short point being that <clears throat> for Rav, the only Chiev is before Yehosh, um, because otherwise you already own it. And um, for Rav Papa, no, the chiyav is dafka, it would seem after Yeyush, because uh, Yeish is not kona, you're still, you're still able to be chayv after Yeyush, and maybe you're only dafka chayv after Yeish because then it's nishtarish bechet. then it really transfers ownership. Okay, <coughs> now we're going to see there's a logical third position that has yet to be said, and now we're going to say it. Let's take a look at the two dots. Itmar, hamochilifne Yeyush, somebody sold before Yeish. Rav Nachman says, you're Chayef. Okay? Um, Rav Shesh Amar Pater. Rav says, you're Pater. Rav Nachman Amar Chayef. Rav Nachman says, you're Chayef. Why? Umicharo Amar Achman of Azavin. It says, sell it. It doesn't say that it has to actually transfer ownership. You just did an act of sale. Lo lo It doesn't matter before or after Yehush. Okay, now that's the missing position. It doesn't matter before or after. Um, He holds, yeyush is not koneh. So you're Chayev after Yeyush. That's Yeyush and Shina Rishus. But even though, but he's also saying that I'm willing to say you're Chayev before Yeyush because you don't need Nishtar Yishpachet. It's enough to do an act of selling even if it doesn't transfer ownership. Rev Nach, that's, so that's, uh, uh that's Rev Nachman. Rev Shesh is a potter. You're exempt if it's before Yeyush. Chirei la'acher Yeyush who it's only after. Da'hanu masav That that's when your acts... Ex- Help that it actually transfers ownership. Yes, and she no shas. If Leafne Yayush, the lower Masov before Yehush said it didn't. Lo Mikhaev, you're not obligated. Do you mean that's Fika beina like slaughtering, it has to actually make a real actually effect a real change. It now you you know your Atkins did something, it now is owned by another person. Like the point of Nishaj Bukheit. Okay, so there are three debates. If Yeush is Kona then it's only possible to be chayev before Yehosh, otherwise you're selling something that's already yours. And then clearly your chayiv is even, is, is just for, you know, it's even though your act didn't really have any halachic meaning, nevertheless, you're still chayev. It's shina bechet, not nishtarish bechet. That's, you have to say only before Yehosh, if Yehosh is kona. Yeush is not Kona, you have the debate of Rav Nachman and Rav Sheshis. Rav Nachman says, you're Chayev both ways, both before and after Yeyush, right? It doesn't matter whether your acts make a difference or don't make a difference. And you're Chay- so you're Chayev before, even though it doesn't make a difference. And you're Chayev after, it didn't make a difference. And yeush is in Kona, you didn't already own it. And Rav Nachman says, you're only Chayev after yeush when your act actually has a permanent difference. So those are all three possibilities. Going to be re- so now we're going to be revisiting some of the issues before, except, you know, focusing more on the nature of the Chiyuv of Mechira. Does it have to be Ahanu masav or like Nishtar Shpachet, another way of saying it? Okay, so let's take a look. Um so now we're about eight, eight lines, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven lines from the bottom. Where do I get this idea? Exactly like we said before, Rabbi Kiva says, because you set roots into the sin. So you see, Amos, when is that? You didn't make roots, you know, somebody else is holding on to it, but you didn't make the sort of further, the, the you know, the, uh, the way in which this is being taken away from the old be So that's the point we made before. You can say it doesn't mean nishtarish. You set roots, you went deeper. It just means you repeated it. You did another act of showing you're taking it and you're controlling it, even though it didn't really take it any further away from the Ono. Tashmakam in here. We had all this above, okay? The same way, slaughtering it cannot be restored, selling cannot be restored. Amos, what is he talking about? What do you mean it can't be restored? Just give it back to the owner. It must be only after Yehosh. So you see it only after Yehosh, only when it's in a place of nishtarej, only it's in this position of that it's Enoch it can't be restored to the way it was, because now it's owned by the purchaser. So, talking about Rev Nachman, no, Rev Nachman explained it. No, it does not really mean that you need to really make it change its status and take it away from the owner, but the framework under which it's sold has to be, it's sold as if it was a permanent sale, even though it won't actually take effect. That has to be the intent, not something that's only being sold for a temporary purpose. Okay, last line of Samachet even Nabi Lazar holds the obligation is only after Yayers who I'm a rebel Lazar because rebelzer says top of samkhanamat bet is istam gneve yeyush bylim who you should know that a normal case of Gneva, we should assume Yehosh is present. The Torah says when you slaughter and sell, you pay four and five. And obviously that's a case of Gneva, that's a case of Keifel. Okay, and that's a debate whether we assume that there's, we assume that one of them, Gneva or Gzela, you know, has Stam Yehosh, and it's a debate which one. The argument for Gneva is, since you don't know who the Ganev is, so therefore you you never hope of getting it back. But Gzela, you know who it is, so you hope to get it back, so we don't assume Yeush. And the reverse argument is Goslin, the guy had the chutzpah to, you know, confront you face to face and take it away, you figure you'll never be able to bring him to court. Ganev, you figure he's a coward, you know, once you get the police and you figure out who did it, you'll be able to bring him to court. Okay. So he is saying, Rebel says Estam Geneva is Yehush Bailim, you give it up hope right away. And the and the and the, the proof is that you're chayef for selling it. Okay, and therefore, since you're high for selling it, he's going to assume that it's only when the sale is permanent, meaning when there is yayush. Um, and therefore, um, how, why does the Torah assume there's yayush? It must be that it assumes with every Ghana there's yayush. <speaking in Hebrew> Maybe, why are you Chayev when you sold it? Maybe there was no Yeyush. So, and again, we're presuming that you're only Chayev if it was Yeyush. In Since obviously you're only Chayev when you sell it with Yeyush, and the Torah says, your Chayev must be that we're assuming that with every gneva comes Yeyush. So now the Torah says, so How do you know? Maybe the Torah says you're even without Yeyush. I mean low that doesn't make sense just like slaughtering, the same way, Now, a lot of this is the Gemara exposit, you know, know, exposition on Rebbe Lezer. Rebbe Lezer didn't say all this, you can tell by the Aramaic and so on, but this is the hidden assumptions behind Rebbe Lezer, okay? So Rebbe Lezer is assuming that it has to be just like slaughtering, in the same way slaughtering, it had an effect, a real permanent effect, you know, selling also did. So Rebbe Lezer is assuming that the sale has to be like the slaughtering it has to be permanent and there has to be Yayush, and therefore he's able to prove that Stam G'nev is by him. so you see the assumption he's working with is that the Chiv from Mechir is only with Yayush. okay and if it's before Yayush, then how did his act help so that proves that he's assuming that uh, the Chiv is only with Yayush. now the is asking even though okay you've proved that's his assumption let's try to understand his argument de Shamina di Yaish? How do you know, Rebbe Lezer, that the Torah is talking that a Stam case is Yeyush? Maybe the Torah is talking in a case where you know there was yayish Why should we assume that it's always assumed to be present? That doesn't make sense. No, because the Torah says, it sounds like, without any other... Th- that criteria being met, the same of your are if you slaughtered it immediately, you're also chayv if you sell it immediately, and the only way that makes sense is if we assume there's Yehosh present, Stam Geneva's is Yehosh and of course what all this demonstrates is that Rabbi Lezer just takes for granted that the chiv for Mechira is only with Yehosh. Now, Tosil's of course said it can't literally mean La'alter because there's a whole question in Baba Metzia about whether, you know, about Yehosh Shalom i'das. You know, like he, he doesn't, if he doesn't even know it's stolen, then he doesn't yet have yayush. Do we say that once he, when he knows he's stolen, he'll have yayush? It's like he'll have yayush. And we basically paskin No, that you can't say. If you were to know about it, he would have Yehosh, he has yeyush. now he has to actually have Yehosh. So therefore, it can't literally mean immediately, but within a short period of time, Tozo says, by the time we assume the guy will get it to his house and be ready to slaughter it, you know, we could also assume in that period of time, the original owner will be aware that it happened. So it doesn't literally mean immediately, but almost immediately, as soon as the owner is aware it's happened, you're Chayev, and that's only because Stam Yehosh. Okay, another way of saying is this, the Torah does not demand that another criteria be satisfied, that there be only once Yeeish takes place, and that could be because we assume that Yeish will always be present. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, fine. So now we have. So now we have the positions that it seems like the s- strongest way to read all the sources is Yeeish isn't koneh, and you're only chayev with after Yeeish Yeeish and she knew Shush. That's a case of a masav Nishtarish Bechet. You know, it's Enech and all of that, but we do know that the other possibilities exist, that you're high both before and after Yehosh or only before Yehosh. Okay. Amalei Yochanan, so fine. Gneva um, Now Rabbi Yochanan pushes back on the idea that you're only chayav after yesh. How about a case of kidnapping? Um That there's no yesh b'aylim by a case of kidnapping. You're the, your own b'aylim. And if you look at Rashi, Rashi says very poignantly, especially thinking about now what's going on in you know Gaza and the hostages. Rashi says go b'neves go neves mecharo ain kan yesh she ain'an mitya ish al atzmo. That a person never gives up hope, you know, for their own, uh, for the fact that they will be, uh, you know, redeemed and um, and um, you know and and and, and uh, taken back from the from the captives. Okay, so There's no yesh for So the same way there, it's a case of steal ishu mecharo, and it's without yesh. The chayev for here should also be even before yesh. Okay, so now the Lord says, Now from there, it's clear that Rabbi Yochan holds. I mean, that's obviously his point. You're Chayev before Yesh. Now, that's before Yesh. What would be the story after Yesh, right? Now, meaning, that's the question about whether we say that Yesh Kiri is Kona. So, uh, so because obviously after Yesh, it's always more of a reason to be Chayev, unless you think that Yesh is Kona. If Yohanan says you're chayv, it's both before and after, so meaning Yehosh isn't koneh, so once Yehosh isn't koneh, if you're chayv before, you're certainly chayv after, after you're nishtarish b'chit and so on. If Yohanan says you're exempt, you're obligated before Yehosh, but after Yehosh you're koneh and you're selling your own thing. So again, same types of debates, just, different ways if yeyush is a kona by itself you can only be high by mechira and tvecha before yeyush if yeyush isn't kona then you have both options and then and if Yeosh isn't Kona, you're high before yeyush then you're certainly chayav after Yehush because that's even the stars okay so now the question Reb Yochanan is going to challenge Rashi lakish's position that Yehush is kona so somebody stole it, stole, stole it and sanctified it, and then he slaughtered it. He, spe- he, he, he does double, but not four or five. Why not? Because presumably, once he was it, you know, then it's no longer his, you're not, you're, it's hektish, and you're not chayev by geneva four and five when you take something that's hecticish, because it's Reeu, Reeu velo hektish. Amos, now what's the case? If he sanctified it the Ganav before Yehosh being Kadosh, then the Ganav can't sanctify it. That you can only sanctify something that's already yours. but it must be after Yehosh, right? Or else you can't be Makdish something that you that that you know that you don't have that that the owners haven't been miyish on it. Um the time of the Hikti Shudana Mashar and Tashumiava Kamisa. Now the reason is once you sanctified it, Yayush plus Hectish, Yesh and Shini Rishos or Shini I shame, now it actually becomes Kadosh. Now that you're slaughtering, you're slaughtering something that's hektish. I have a low hektish, but if you weren't hektish, tavach If you slaughtered it, you would pay four and five. We, okay, now because it's it sounds like only because you were makdish it. Now Reb Yehonah says to a shlokish. If you think Yehosh is koneh, I'm I'm meshayim shelo mochir. Why are you paying? So Bjodin says, hey, what's the case that you were Makdish? You can't be it before Yeush. So because it wouldn't have done anything. So the Ghana must have been Makdishit after Yeyush. If Yeush is koneh, then you'd be with even without the Hektish, you'd be Chayev. You'd be Potter, because it's it's now it's yours. So it must be Yeush happened, but wasn't Konet. And yeyush plus shina reshush, or shina Hashem, that allows you to be shit. So it's a little bit different, you know, when Rebukhna says, how could you be maktashit, ma beso you really can be shit before it's yours, because the yeyush plus the shina rushus and the shina Hashem of hekdeish is what allows you to be makdishit, but without yayush you can't do anything. So Rabbi Yochanan says this scenario that you were able to be makdishit, but you needed to be makdishit for it to for you to get exempt, could only be with yayush. And you see that Yehush alone is not Kona. Okay, so that seems like another excellent proof. So let's see what he says. And am going away. He says back to him. No, when it says it was makdishit. It doesn't mean that the Ganav was maktishet. It means that the owners were maktishet. It was before Yehosh and the owners were maktishet. And since the owners were maktishet, now when the Ganav comes to slaughter it, he is now slaughtering something of hektish and therefore he does not pay four and five. So the Gemara says, Umi One minute. Can the owners be it once it's not under their control? If I'm a Rebbe Yochanan now, Rebbe Yochanan says, okay, this is very Lakish." but Rebbe Yochanan says, If something is stolen and the owners that haven't had yeyush yet, even if the, neither can be sanctified, the Ganav can't sanctify because it's not his. With Yehosh, he has enough control that his Yehosh plus makes does work, like we said before, but without Yehosh, the Ganav or Gazan can't do anything. But then the original owners, even though it's before Yehosh, even though they've had no Yehosh, and even though it's theirs, they're not in control of it, so they can't be shit. So how could Reish lucky say the scenario is the original owners were Makdashit? Since when can owners be maktishet? Once it's out of their control. So Amri you could say, yeah, you know what? He that he argues with that point with Rabbi Amri, who da mor he'd say like the tznuin, like the uh, frum, you know, tznuin is like the uh, modest people, the people that were very concerned about mitzvahs and averos. That, nah, hatznuin even at their own expense and other, they didn't want other people to sin. Hatznuin a If you had, uh, you know, uh, like a, 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 you know, a, a, an orchard that was kerem ravai. And you were afraid, no, fourth year, it can only be eaten in Yerushalayim, or it has to be redeemed, it to be eaten out of Yerushalayim. And you were afraid the passersby would come and eat from the fruit and they'd actually be... Because because they wouldn't ask permission, but that's what happens. People pass by and they pick apples, and you don't want anybody to sin on account of you, even though they're stealing your fruit. So what do you? What would they do? These in they'd set aside some money, and if anybody passes by and picks an apple off my tree, okay, well, let's say I don't know a date or a fig, make it something anyway. Then, then, uh, then that the kedusha of kem Ravai will be transferred on this money, and therefore you will save them from actually eating Karim Ravai outside, or Netaravai outside of Yerushalayim, or grapes. If it was Karim Ravai, fine, outside of Yerushalayim. So you see, even after it is not in your control, it's Gezel, if it's, it's the people plucked your grapes, you can still do this pidion and therefore, since you could still this pidyon, presumably you could still be it. Now, there's a big tosos who points out that there's a big logical difference. You know, being poed as something is your, you're, 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 you know, like you, there's a lot of evidence that you could be poed as something that isn't yours. It's already in the hands of hektish. You're being poted from hektish. It's no longer in the hands of the original owner. Um, besides which, you know, when you're be mockedish something, you're taking something that belongs to somebody, somebody and giving it to hektish. When you're being poed to it, it's something that already Hector sort of has control over and you have a right to come ahead and transfer you know, the Kedusha away. It's not really something that the owner has a right that they can stand in your way to prevent. Even if the owner could, says Tosos um, here, you're doing like your Zachen L'adam Shalobha you're helping these ghazlanin by being podaet. So obviously you should be able to be podaet. That's much better than being maktish something that somebody stole and is no longer, you know, under your control and that you're going ahead and being maktish it. Anyway, that's what the Gemara says, that Lakish would say that the original owners were maktish and Lakish somehow by comparison to this case of poda, Lakish would argue that the original owners could be it, um, And that's the scenario, not that the ghana was maktishet. So the Gemara says, um, okay, I don't understand, says the Gemara. Why is the of Chayv, if he, um, you know, um, um, is, why is the of K Kefel, right? If the owners were maktish it, they've reasserted their control. It's like they've taken it out of the hands of the Ganav and given it to Hektesh. And now when they bring the Ganav to the Bastin, you know, the Ghana can say, I don't have to pay KFL. KFL is only when I'm still holding on to it by the time we come to Bastin. If I've returned it to you before Bastin, I don't have to pay KFL. And here you basically took it back from me before we got to Bastin. So why am I paying KFL? So the Gemara says, um, Kish Ahmad Ah, the case was the owners slept the Ghana into Bastin, they made the, the basin said, you're chayev to pay Kfel." and then the owners were maktish it, and now the ganav slaughters it, and because the owners were maktish it, he's not chayav four and five for slaughtering it, but because there was a basin before before they were maktish, he is chayev Kafel. So the Gemara says, "Hey, what's the case? If the Basin said go pay, they actually, you know, gave out the order that he now has to pay the owners and pay them My I feel hiktish nami Even so, if that's true, then right, you have to get him to pay kefel. So there was a case of basting. They said go pay, and now we're going to say the owners were shit, and that gets the ganav off for slaughtering it. But the Gemara says, but even if the owners weren't shit. Once they said, you have to go pay, that, that is a complete break, you know, from, we're no longer in the middle of the process of his gnave and so on. So the Gemara says, um, that If there was a court case and the Basin said, go pay back the animal you stole, and then the Ghana, before he got around to paying it back, slaughtered it, he would be exempt why my time up uh, even the paske say the tavachumachar since the matter was like broken you know like 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 a cut off right the whole previous process stealing and being found and based in whatever now we're done with it so even though the animal hasn't been returned once it was a psaka of based in if you were to slaughter it this would be a totally new thing you know it's like he went into their house now and slaughtered their animal it's not a continuation of the geneva Came into Poskin the Mill say since it interrupted the matter, and then he slaughtered it, have Goslin. Now he's taking an animal new, no, it's a new act, it's not Geneva, it's their cow that he's supposed to pay back, and he's slaughtering it in their presence. Okay, if he he wouldn't pay four and five. So if Basin said say Tainlo, and that's why he's paying K then you wouldn't need hectish for him to get off of four and five. So now the end of this teaching of Rava, top of However, basically that, you're obligated to pay, but they didn't yet set the sheriff after him. They didn't yet say go pay. So you're obligated. You know, it's it's sort of it's before it's translated into acting on it. It's like and not yet So in that case, in that case, after they said if he would slaughter it, since we're still in the middle of it, we haven't yet issue the actual you know uh, dem- demand that he do- do- does the paying then it's still a continuation of the original Gnev, and if he slaughtered it, he would still pay four and five. My time giving the low paschalim say since the matter has not been totally, you know, cut off, akati ganav, who is still in the original category of ganav, and now slaughtering it would pay four and five. So the gemara says low So you're right. The only case we're talking about is the Amri chayav atelitein low. So that's how we should would explain the case of hektish. What's the case of hektish? Rabbi Yochanan says the case of hektish, and then the Ghana gets off, proves that you need that there is that there's yeush and. Then Hectish and Yeush itself is not Kona. And Vaishlokar says no. The case is before Yeyush and the case is that the it came to a basin, and the basin said, Chai of Litain Lo, and that's why he's gonna pay Keifel. Then the owners were Makdishit, it's like they took it back, but it's all it's okay. He's already Chai of Keifel. they were Mactish and now he slaughtered it. And because they were it, he's exempt for four and five. Had they not been maktishet and Basin had just said chai v'litein lo, he would still be paying kafel, but you would still be in the middle of being a ganav, and the slaughtering it would make him obligated in four and five. And that's how Eish Lakish explains that case, that up. Okay, we will stop here.